Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Yeah, I'm a bad girl, especially on Hump Day. Woohoo! Hump Day. Yes, indeedy. And you know how we're rolling into the weekend, getting over the hump on Hump Day with some great breaking news coming out of the Senate today. I'm going to tell y'all who we need to thank for that. Y'all might be surprised, and you might not. We've also got some shocking news that was broken today by Open the Books and Adam Angievsky. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. In regards to the National Institutes of Health, how much has Fraud Fauci been paid by the pharma companies? Mm-mm-mm. Where do y'all get a load of this story? Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. 888-344-1170. I do want to open the show quickly with some prayers for everybody up at Laguna Niguel. Evidently, evacuation orders are in place as crews are responding. There was a brush fire. No word on how that brush fire got started. But we've had, I'm not sure about so much about up at Laguna Niguel. It looks like there's some high winds up there, which is not good when you've got uh, brush fires. So we're not really sure. Our man Skins is here is going to look into this story in a little bit and see if there's anything that we need to report. Beyond just letting you guys know, in case you have family or friends up there, if you want to join me in lifting up some prayers for the community up there. The uh, Chirons are saying mansions are burning. Look at somebody's home. So, you know, that's that's always something that we want to express our concern over when people are looking at losing their home. All right. Speaking of the man I just mentioned, it's my partner in crime here every night of the week. I'm talking about DJ Potato Skins. Hello. I'm going to dive back in. Goodbye. I'm uh, researching the story as we speak. Well, very good. Thank you for that. Speaking of stories and major news today is that after the leaked draft opinion that was written by SCOTUS Justice Alito. I'm mistaken. I always want to call him Scalito. And you know why? Because I miss my man Antonin or Scalia so much. And I think that Alito's draft opinion would make Scalia quite proud. After that was leaked out, Upchuck Schumer, he bragged that he, in fact, he promised to bring what the bill that they have called the Women's Health Protection Act. He promised to bring it up for a second vote uh, in the Senate. And um, one of the ways that they tried to bring to a vote without getting too far into the weeds in terms of how the Senate works is, um, you know, that that right now there it requires two thirds of a vote in order to pass a bill in the Senate. And the Democrats don't have two thirds, right? They need 60 votes and they only have 50 seats in the Senate. Well, if they could get cloture passed, which is a procedural rule that with cloture, you don't it it destroys the filibuster. So that's what the plan was. Our man Schumer promises the Democrats that they're going to get this through. Uh, He says that he said prior to the vote today, every senator will have to vote and every every American will see how they voted. And I believe the Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party will suffer the consequences electorally when the American people see that. Um, What ended up happening today? What did everybody see? What they saw was 
how everybody voted. And how did everybody vote today in the Senate? Well, much to the chagrin of Upchuck Schumer, Joe Manchin himself joined with the Republicans and killed the bill that kills babies. And not only that, but I think on last night's show, we had a caller who said, look, here's how I think this this could go down. If you've got Susan Collins, the Republican, and Lisa Murkowski, the Republican, joining with the Democrats, they could end up getting rid of filibuster, and that could end up maybe uh, connecting the dots down the road, removing the... Uh, uh, even the Electoral College by getting rid of the filibuster. But here's how this went down today. What 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 I didn't realize last night and what came to light today is that the reason why Manchin joined with the Republicans and the reason why Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, who support Roe v. Wade, the reason why they didn't support this, quote, Women's Health Protection Act is because this does not codify Roe. Roe v. Wade actually offered limitations or actually provided protections for children, pre-born children, uh, regarding, uh, in, in terms of viability, which is still not acceptable in my opinion, but at least it had some limitations in Roe v. Wade. This had no limitations whatsoever. The Democrats are masters at verbiage and wordage and playing word games like the Obamacare calling it the Affordable Care Act when it basically blew up affordability. Remember, it wasn't affordable. It was never the cost of a cell phone, right? That's what Obama promised. In fact, people's premiums tripled and quadrupled at the same time that their deductibles went to $10,000 and you you were paying out your hiney for premiums every month for insurance that either wasn't accepted anywhere or had such a high deductible, it was basically worthless to you. So in the Women's Health, they, uh, the Women's Health Protection Act, first of all, there's nothing, there's nothing health related to what they included in this. The Women's Health Protection Act, this isn't protecting women's health. Quite the opposite. It's actually, it, it eliminated several reg- regulations that federal courts have upheld. It would have ended any bans on partial birth abortions. This Women's um, Protective Health Act, there's not been, it is not about protecting women's health. It's about making it even more convenient, uh, making it even easier, and actually. It would have legislated, I'm just going to say the I word, infanticide in the United States of America. This Women's Health Protection Act even made it possible for you, made it legal for you to decide to kill at whatever point your child, nine months pregnancy, nine month baby in the womb, even just for no reason or as simple a reason as you don't like the gender. And that's one reason why Joe Manchin decided to join with the Democrats. Um, Tater Skins, if you could play clip six. The bill we have today to vote on, the Women's Health Protection Act, and I respect people who support, but make no mistake, it is not Roe v. Wade codification. It's an expansion. It wipes 500, 500 state laws off the books. It expands abortion. And with that, that's not where we are today. We should not be dividing this country further than we're already divided. And it's it's really the, the, the politics of Congress that's dividing the country. It's not the people. They, they're telling us what they want. And uh, it's just disappointing that uh, we're going to be voting on a piece of legislation, which I will not vote for today. Right. I, I, I want to say one thing, though, that his explanation... He, he initially he starts going in the right direction. And this is why I caution people about thinking that Joe Manchin is such a hero, because 
He starts off by saying this doesn't codify Roe v. Wade and basically meaning that, you know, solidifying Roe v. Wade is the law of the land through the legislative process. While he's right about that, that it expands Roe and basically would have legalized flat out infanticide because there has not. Did you guys know that there's never been a case in the United States where a woman had to kill an eight eight month, uh, you know, of eight month term or whatever the terminology is. You're eight months. You're in the eighth month of your pregnancy. There's never been a reason to kill the child to protect the mother's life. They could just do a cesarean. We had a baby at, I think it was 22 weeks here, which is what, um, you know, barely six months pregnant who, who lived in San Diego. There's, you don't, you don't need to kill a baby that's an eight month, uh, you, I don't know, again, I don't know the terminology. I've never had a baby, but you're eight months pregnant. You don't, there's no need if the, if the mother's life is in danger, they could, they could deliver the baby via cesarean section. There's no, there's never been a need to kill a child to protect a woman's life. That's never been the case. Then he goes on to say that uh, it's, it's divisive in this country. Um, that's not a reason to not do this. How about the fact that it's evil to want to do that? How about the fact that it's evil to legislate infanticide? That there's absolutely no medical reason to do that. It's not protecting a woman's health. There's never been a case in this country where a, woman, a woman's child in, in the womb, particularly at, at any point, let alone at, at the point where it's viable outside the womb, there's no, there's no reason to execute it, right? But speaking of division, Ben Sass said something that was really important. He, uh, he pointed out that polling shows that the uh, large majorities of Americans support limiting abortion past the point of via, via fetal via, viability. It's one thing if you want to make an argument that in a state like Texas at six weeks or a heartbeat that there might be some women that don't even realize they're pregnant at that point. Is there, it, you know, it, are there some people, even conservatives that go, well, I don't know. It's not viable at this point. It doesn't, you know, before there's a heartbeat. There are some conservatives that, you know, depending on that early of a phase, but there, 80%, Ben Sass goes on and says 80% of Americans want to see abortion banned in the third trimester. It's hard to get 80% of Americans, he goes on to say, to agree on anything. Yet 80% agree that third trimester abortions, the kind of thing that this bill wants to make sure explicitly champions, states could not prevent and prohibit third trimester abortions. And that's what this bill is all about. This is evil. But, of course, they tried to couch it as though, and I think that this is why they leaked this out. One of the reasons why they leaked this out, Skins, when they did, because they see a tidal wave coming in these midterms coming up. And if they were ever going to solidify infanticide as the law of the land, they had to do it now. So for whatever faulty reason Manchin chose, whatever bad, twisted, uh, contortionist, Reason Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski chose to not make this the law of the land. I'm happy for it tonight. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely a win. Definitely a win. You know, one thing, Andrea, I just want to close by, and you know, we're wrapping up the segment here, but people should really look at it, you know, okay, my body, my choice. Okay, well, if that's, you know, that's the way it should be, well, then it's the baby's body, but the baby doesn't have a choice. They're not able to make that choice. So how right is that? Well, it's not her body, her choice. That's a lie. We, we know that. We know that when, you know, we're, I don't know what age you realize that it's, that it's uh, when, when a woman's pregnant. There's Conception. A, well, but even, even outside of that, 
I'm talking about just if is it another person's body? You know, even as a kid, when you see pregnant women roaming around, if you if you know what pregnancy is, even if you're still believing that a stork is delivering that baby um, and you don't know how the baby is coming outside the mama, you know that it's another human being. Yep. Kids know that. That's such a scurrilous lie. It's so disgusting. And it's so um, in complete denial. It's so delusional. It's such a gaslighting trick. You know, don't gaslight me and tell me it's her body, so it's her choice. When it's got four separate, you know, it's got four separate, two legs, two arms. I'm sorry. It's ten a little fingers. Ten little fingers and toes. It's got its own DNA. At a time in which Roe v. Wade, and many people have pointed this out, one of the reasons why 80% of Americans now are like, oh, this, this, this late-term pregnancy stuff has to stop is because of the advancement of technology. There's, when you see 3D images of babies at 12 weeks and 14 weeks, and you see side by side images of here was here was my child in the womb at whatever weeks 3D image and here's him in the bassinet or in the stroller and you can see that they look absolutely identical. You know, technology is caught up. One of the things, and that's one of the reasons why, in this woman's quote uh, health protection act bill, one of the things they wanted to ban was uh, the requirement that women uh, see an ultrasound before they make the decision. Oh, 100%. I keep, I, it's very precious to me. I keep the ultrasound pictures from when my kids were still in the womb, and I look at those things. And there's even a couple of different things where it looks like they're actually waving at the camera. It's very obvious that there is life, and it's, it's a separate individual that, that is there. And for anybody to say that it's otherwise, I don't agree. It's hashtag science. These are the people that, that want to tell you that it's settled science when it comes to global warming, and um, you can't question that. Well, it's settled science that it's a separate human being, and it's not her body and her choice. And you're, and they were trying to, and they want to keep women in the dark. They want to keep people, women, women stupid, and, and not realizing how how quickly this does become even if you're somebody that thinks that you know first two weeks in the egg it's just an egg that's being implanted into the wall or whatever if you want to argue that's not a human being how quickly does it does it show up on that ultrasound that it is a, a, a human being in there and they need and, and if they have to hide the reality of what's going on inside of a human of a woman's body if they have to hide that from women then you women need to realize those of you that are pro-choice women out there that you're being played that this isn't about you they don't care about you they care about exploiting you for power how many of the 65 million babies that have been slaughtered in this country how many of them were women how many of them were women how many of them were african-american well that's what came up in a discussion when uh, last night we played you guys, Secretary Yellen, some outrageous comments she made how abortion helps the labor force. Well, she made some even more shocking comments about the reason why we need to have abortion. And it got one certain senator really riled up. And we're going to play that for you when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer 888-344-1170. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with us. 888-344-1170 if you want to call in the show. In fact, we've got some callers on the line already that want to weigh in 
on uh, really the numbers continuing to be the number one topic in the country right now. And this is uh, it all started with the draft opinion from Alito being leaked out resulting in the Democrats trying to push through what they were pretending was codifying Roe v. Wade, which was really an expansion into infanticide. And we've got a caller on the line who's anonymous and wants to remain anonymous. And she's got some thoughts that she wants to, to share with us on that. Hello, anonymous. Thank you for calling. Uh, thank you. Hi. Um, I, my opinion or thoughts have been that perhaps they're afraid of um, pregnancies and um, the jab or the shots from the vaccine of COVID because that um, they don't know what kind of, you know, pre, 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 repercussions that people could have, you know, in the in the pregnancy and I had a child that was born with a rare type of mental retardation and disability but during my whole pregnancy her her chromosomes were perfect her blood was perfect her genes were perfect everything was fine and but then she was born one month early but she had uh, 150,000 later it came down to 75,000 children um, born with it disease called Cornelia DeLange syndrome, but everything in there showed that she was normal, except she was extremely small while she was in the sonogram in my womb. Okay, so, well, your phone was cutting out a little bit, so let me think, see if I understand what you're saying, that your your daughter was born um, with a disability, that, but she seemed normal in the womb. You're wondering if, when you say they is, are worried about the, the pregnancies and shots, who is the they? Well, um, the... I don't, that's how I don't know how to determine, except for that um, in this push for the jabs, um, I don't know what, how we decline it, if it would be this administration or science or um, the the people who are extremely in trying to scare everybody, um, mm-hmm. how you how you would maybe determine it because you tell you explain to us how things go. I know you know what I mean. I don't know if it's appropriate to say um, the left agenda, you know. Yeah. I don't know how to define it. Thank you for calling in, uh, anonymous. We're lo- your phone's cutting in, so we're going to let you go. And I'm and I, th- I really appreciate your call. Yeah, it's um, we reported last week. I think it was in terms of I think it might have even been the night that that uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf was on the show, and the she and her team of I think it was did she say twenty five hundred people skins twenty five hundred people were going through the fifty five thousand documents from Pfizer, and one of the things that was revealed in the Pfizer documents was that the only clinical trials that were done uh, regarding anybody pregnant were rats and um, they and so it was clear in the Pfizer documents that they said there had been no trials done of any human pregnant women and these shots were not recommended for pregnant women I don't and and they also went on to talk about that there had been no testing done and that they did believe that the shots could be excreted into breast milk and that was a concern and then also that they had ne- that they um 
that there had been no test done on fertility. So for them to say that it did not affect anyone's fertility was not based on any trials that had been done. In fact, we know that the shots had had affected women's uh, menstrual cycles. We know that there had been many re- uh, reports from Canada, North America, down here in the United States of uh, spontaneous abortions. I don't know that that has anything to do, though with uh, the issue going on right now with Roe v. Wade. I think the Democrats, um, as I've said many times, I'm always thinking, what are the, you know, um, the long-term implications. What are the second and third? The Democrats are never about what they pretend that they're about. They're always playing a long game. The long game is to uh, transform us from a constitutional republic to a, a centralized system, a communist state. And Roe v. Wade helped that along tremendously by centralizing power into D.C. and by centralizing power specifically in the Supreme Court with nine justices. Because once they put something, once they bang that gavel, oh, it's precedent. Stare decisis. Do you believe in stare decisis? You cannot overturn Roe v. Wade. And then it also helped them transform us by the uh, attack on our culture, our culture here in devaluing life. And that has gone a long way in terms of us replacing God in our lives and in our nation um, with state. So I don't think that that anything that the Democrats have done here regarding Roe v. regarding their their attempt today to legislate infanticide has anything to do with the shots. Except I will say what is connected is that they don't care about life. Well, it's got nothing to do with it. They don't care about life. So they don't care how many, if they cared about life, those, and where is the media in talking about pregnancy and those Pfizer document skins? Nobody's talking about that. No, not, not one network. We watch various networks all day. It's not reported. They're ta- they're trying to push out some women's uh, health protection plan. Yet they have known. That's why Pfizer tried to hide the documents because they from the American people for seventy five years because they've known that they were killing people. They've known that they were killing babies in the womb. They've known that they were causing all kinds of heart defects and long term issues. In fact, they uh, we reported last night that the CDC when asked. Uh, on a FOIA request to present their documents that prove that the shots are not the cause of the variants. They said they had no such data. And again, uh, Andrea, as we've talked about, I'll ask you rhetorically, if all this data came out before people started getting the jab, how many people do you think would actually line up for it? Um, only um, the far left kooks. And then that they would probably be getting injected with some with some water and some saline because and, and because informed consent gives people an out. And if they told people the truth, you're right, none of them would have done it. Just like they're trying to withhold the truth from uh, pregnant women by not having them see an ultrasound. Not having them know. It's a good analogy. So it's all, what do the shots have to do with the Democrats and Roe v. Wade? It's about devaluing life. It's an example of why in the course of communism, 100 to 200 million people have died because all they care about is the end game and they don't care how how many lives they destroy directly, indirectly, whether you die today or whether you die 10 years from now. It's as long as they achieve their end game. Remember when Barack Obama, this may not sound analogous, but it is. Remember the day... um, uh, September 12th in 2012, the day after Benghazi, when he was nowhere to be found, the night Americans were fighting for their lives on a rooftop in Benghazi, and he went to a Vegas campaign event the next day, fist bumping people. Remember that he referred to them as bumps in the road, literally referred to Americans. And had it not been for those heroes, 
on those and on those rooftops for 13 hours, we would have lost a whole lot of people over there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, might need to talk about fraud Fauci since we're on the subject of these shots. How much actually has he been paid by these pharma companies? <laughs> Open the books. Just might have opened up Pandora's box for Fauci. Stay tuned. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. What alleged actor decided to allegedly super glue himself inside of a, inside of a store? Say what? <laughs> to, to protest goat milk or something. Yeah, you're going to want to stay tuned for that, just just so that we can have a little chuckle at the uh, far left's expense. Yeah, and there, it's the MAGA, the ultra MAGA that are, that are the extremists, right? Uh, um, before the break, we were talking about um, continued discussion about uh, Roe v. Wade, and we had a caller and, and the Dems attempt to expand on that today with infanticide. And we had a caller call in questioning how this might be tied to the COVID shots. And I'm like, well, speaking of COVID... Let's share the breaking news today of fraud Fauci. Of course, it's not going to be breaking anywhere and, it, it, you know, in major media or legacy media anywhere about fraud Fauci. Before we share that news with you, I think it might be important for you to hear a little bit from him uh, and it and his perspective on how soon he might declare the pandemic over because even though he already did that, right? Yeah, he already did that once. He said it was over on PBS. Right. Now you can't find the clip anywhere. Can't find the clip anywhere. Suddenly that's you know, poof, that's gone with like Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails, right? Um, so now he's got, now he's flip, 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 flop Fauci. He's back saying something else about the pandemic. And I think we might have the answer as to why he's taking this perspective now. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Dr. Fauci, I wanted to ask your insights on when we will no longer call the current COVID public health emergency, a pandemic? Are there criteria? Are there benchmarks? What kind of a process will we go through to make that determination? No, there is really no firm, widely acceptable definition. When one talks about pandemic, you talk about a highly transmissible infection that is essentially widely distributed throughout the globe. Uh, I've spoken about this recently. When you're in the mm-hmm. acute fulminant stage of Wait, pandemic, can you stop that for the way we were. What the heck is fulminant? This guy's loving. He loves throwing out these 25 cent words, right? To like make you think that he's actually smart and actually a scientist, actually a doctor. And I don't think this man has ever put a stethoscope on anybody. And when he says, yeah, I talked about this recently, that the, the, he doesn't get interrupted and go, yeah, when you talked about it, you said the pandemic was over, right? I don't know what he's talking about, fulminant, fuma, whatever he is, but we're not impressed, Fauci. Go on. It's just a few months ago, you might remember we had. 900,000 cases a day, tens of thousands of hospitalizations, and we were averaging 3,000 deaths a day. That's a really highly fulminant stage of a pandemic. We've come down to a low level. Now we're unfortunately ticking up a bit. But when you get down to a level where it isn't disrupting society, it isn't causing deaths that stress your hospital system, and you have a level of infection that, for example, might be comparable to what you see with respiratory syncytial virus or parainfluenza, even though it's prevalent throughout 
it wouldn't be considered a pandemic in the classic sense. But there's a lot of gray zone about the definition. So I don't think you're going to see all of a sudden one day there's going to be a declaration that the pandemic is over. It will likely be that it is no longer in the pandemic phase and it's more of an endemic kind of infection that you could live with. Right now, we're not there. I mean, if anybody asks that question, that's for sure. What a lying sack. First of all, I said two years ago, I want quantif- I-, I want qualifications. I want it qualified. I want quantitative, a, a series of quantitative benchmarks for us to be measured. I said, how many deaths are acceptable? Oh, not one death is acceptable. That's not life. Everybody, people die. Everybody dies. We lose uh, many thousands of Americans every year to the flu. And people still send their kids to school, knowing there's a chance to get the flu. Kids die going to petting zoos. Kids die on amusement park rides. People die. And we don't shut down the American system, shut down amusement parks because a kid might die in one like it like happened recently in, in, in Orlando. And the fact that we never had any quantifiable benchmarks was a problem for me from the beginning. Because when you don't have quantifiable benchmarks, then you have the deep state unelected bureaucrat weasels being able to play Enron math and to be able to keep their grift going. And this has been nothing but a grift from the beginning. This man should have been fired and Trump should have fired him um, being willing to take whatever slings and arrows came his way. Because look, they stole the election from him anyway. So what was the point? Trying to appease you know, the media? This man is the highest paid government employee in the United States. Highest paid employee, and he's been wrong about everything. He even admitted that he lied about the masks. And he lied and he lied and he lied about therapeutics. You want to know why he lied about therapeutics? You want to know why pharmacies around the country, pharmacists were being told they would lose their pharmacy license? If you, if you could find a doctor who would prescribe ivermectin or um, hydroxychloroquine or the combination pack, even if you could find a doctor that was willing to prescribe it, Good luck in trying to find a pharmacy that was willing to fill the the, uh, prescription, right? Because pharmacy boards across the country and governors across the country were telling pharmacies and pharmacists, you'll lose your license if you fill these prescriptions. Meanwhile, those same governors were hoovering up all the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine around the country. You want to know why they were doing that? They knew it worked. But it's because there was money to be made for not just the U.S. government, not just their public-private partnerships in the form of Moderna and Pfizer, but money to be made by the bigs at the NIH, including fraud Fauci. Anthony Fauci? Yes, but he was just one. So I'm not surprised that the hearings with the acting NIH director, his name is Dr. Lawrence... Tabak, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, T-A-B-A-K. He took over as the NIH director after uh, the resignation of the agency's longtime leader, Dr. Francis Collins. Now, Fauci is the head of the NIAID, and then there's the NIH, and then there's the CDC. Quite frankly, we have far too many. And then there's the FDA, all a bunch of, you know, supposedly institutions over, go, overseeing our health. Well, what they're really doing is overseeing their pocketbooks, okay? Um 
Here's what came out in these congressional hearings. Representative John Molinar, a Republican from Michigan, uh, said to um, uh, there was a, there uh, as this guy, Dr. Lawrence Tabak, was uh, in front of the House Appropriations Committee. Um, he had to concede that there was over $300 million in royalty payments paid to NIH and NIAID and CDC officials. And he admitted it didn't look good. Didn't look good. That's the least of the problems here. And this, these revelations came about from Andrew Angievsky from OpenTheBooks.com, who was fired by Forbes as he started looking in to the money and trying to follow the money of Anthony Fauci. Forbes fired him. He continued to file FOIA request after FOIA request to try to get the information. And here is what he found. Um, he found that, and, uh, that um, well, of course, the NIH is continuing to withhold important information about the royalty payments, including the names of particular payers and the specific amounts uh, to individuals in the NIH. Uh, Dr. Francis Collins, here's what we do know, is that over $350 million in royalty payments were made between 2010 and 2020. And this, according to Andrew uh, Adam Angievsky of Open the Books. Um Collins, former head of the NIH, received 14 payments. Um, Fauci received 23 payments. And Clifford Lane received eight payments. It's a lot of money. $350 million split reportedly between these three individuals. No wonder they've been hiding and fighting Adam Angievsky's FOIA request. He had to take them to court to get this information. Angieski said with tens of billions of dollars in grant making at the NIH and tens of million dollars of royalty dollars from third party payers flowing back into the agency each year, the NIH needs to come clean with the American people and open the books. We need to be able to follow the money. Absolutely. Now, at one point, Tabek said, um, well, um, he in responding to Molinar, who said, he told Tabak, right now, I think the NIH has a credibility problem, and this only feeds into this, and I'm only just learning about this. People in my district say, well, so-and-so has been has a financial interest, or they don't like ivermectin because they aren't benefiting from the royalty. So then Tabak says, oh, we support the science that validates whether an in, in, invention um, is or is not efficacious. We don't say this is good or this is bad. I can certainly understand that this might seem as a conflict of interest. Not only did they say this is good and this is bad, they they withheld and um, made threats against doctors. Uh, many and in, in across this country uh, lost their jobs. Remember, America's Frontline Doctors was formed for this very reason. Simone Gold, Dr. Simone Gold was fired from Houston. We had doctors across the country that were fired for prescribing ivermectin because Fauci lied and said that it didn't work to the degree to where back in uh, February or January of 2019, the Lancet published an article with a false phony study that had never been done of ivermectin saying that it didn't work. They literally published a false report. They told hospitals, if you went into a hospital, in fact, we know somebody here that whose husband went into a hospital, denied therapeutics. The only therapeutics you were allowed to take into the hospital was after you sat at home, denied any kinds of treatments until you were so sick you had to go to the hospital, you were put on remdesivir, denied ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and put on a ventilator. 
And we've had done countless reports and countless reports of the fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and a combination of drugs, but it had to be taken early. And the one study that they did do on ivermectin that didn't work um, was because they overdosed instead of following with these doctors out in the field who actually did put stethoscopes on patients. We're reporting. We had the, the, the one doctor, I can't remember his name, out of New York, the Jewish doctor, was the first who um, started treating uh, thousands of patients in New York successfully because these, look, these doctors were like, we can see what's going on here. This is different. It's, it's uh, you know, the, the cardiovascular situation is different. We're going to try these drugs that have worked. There's a reason, let me say it this way. There's a reason why the countries in Africa that can get hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin on the shelves didn't have all these deaths. Because they're anti-malaria medications. And the way and what the doctors in this country found was that the way that this attacks the system is very much like it's I don't think it's malaria. I think it might be another um, disease around the country. But the bottom line is this is, you know, can we not connect the dots? Are we not intelligent enough? They know we're smart enough to connect the dots. They know we're smart enough to go. You lied. People died. You forced healthy people to, to take tests. Lie that, that uh, there was something called asymptomatic spread, had, had pushing healthy people to get tested. So if somebody was tested with no symptoms, you could keep a case count high and convince America that case counts equal caskets. And all so they could line their pockets with hundreds of millions of dollars. Crimes against humanity have been perpetrated by this whole COVID situation so that they could line their pockets. That's the connection also back with uh, the shots and Roe v. Wade. They don't care who many people, how many people they kill. It's all for power and money. We're going to take a break. We come back. Did one actor find some power and super glue in his hand? <laughs> super gluing himself to a coffee counter? We'll talk about it when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170. The answer is San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm going to make y'all wait. I'm going to make y'all wait for this clip with the alleged actor and his buddy. It's a good one. Oh, it's a good one. They super gluing themselves to a counter. Wait till y'all hear that. All but, I can say is I'm really disappointed because this actor is one of my favorites. Uh, it, well, it, it, the alleged actor, I'll put it that way. Because I, 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 other than, I don't even think I've ever seen him in a movie. But anyway, we're going to go to the phones because we've got somebody calling in, Ben, who wants to weigh in on uh, Fraud Fauci, who we were just talking about. Hello, Ben. Hello. I don't know how people come see through this guy. The minute I saw him, I was like, this guy's a fake. All my friends were uh, instantly turned around and thought I was nuts. They thought this guy was the best thing since sliced bread, I guess. But I hope Trump, when he gets back in, has the ability to prosecute. Well, I think what's going to I think if Trump gets back in, I think that Fauci will quit. So I think he's just continuing to stay in right now so that he can maximize the profit opportunities for him with these royalty payments. Correct. But there's no statute of limitation on murder and especially mass. Well, right. I mean, he should really be brought up in international court as well. Um, But clearly he should. 
but, I know he already hasn't been. And then, well, the he hasn't been right to... now because he hasn't been because we don't have a department. We have a Department of Justice that you know is is rounding up Americans for you know questioning the outcome of, a, of an election. There's no justice in this country right now. Uh, Quickly, you got yeah, something I else you want to share? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I was just saying, as a Christian, God knows our hearts. He knows our every hair on our head, but he says nothing about color. So the minute that I was going to say, the minute that heartbeat is detected, that's not a woman anymore. And if people really think about it, when they say right to choice, well, then that little kid has a choice too. He wants to come into the world and he's coming in from God, not, not he's coming through a woman, but from God. Well, right. And, and what they, and that's ultimately why they wanted Roe in the first place. And it was because a way to replace God with state, remove God from American society and from our culture and from our nation. And it certainly, and, and it led to devaluing life, led to, um, deaths and, and a lot more even than just what's happening in abortion. I, I've talked about the, the devaluing of life in our culture is one reason why we've seen the school shootings and the mass shootings. You look at the crime wave happening across the country and just um, not valuing life it just it just led to such a moral decay and a cultural decay that yeah, you know we've got awesome. we've got to get it back i've got to leave it there ben because i'm up against a, a hard break here thank you for calling appreciate you i love hearing a good christian man calling in with some wisdom and who you know speaks the truth over life okay now this actor who glued himself to a Starbucks counter? Was was he doing that to protect the the lives of unborn children? Is that why he did this? Tater skins. I don't think it's got anything to do with that. Oh, okay. Well, let's play this clip. We'll see what what it, what it was all about. Milk policies. Now, according to a live stream from PETA, James Cromwell, uh, Cromwell, I should say, and another activist super glued themselves to a counter at Starbucks, then read a statement condemning the company's upcharge of plant-based milk options. They said the policy is harmful to the environment and accused the company of, quote, raking in huge profits while animals and the environment suffer. The police were called and Cromwell and the other activist were asked <laughs> to leave. It's still not clear this morning if they'll face any charges. Watch you, Sunrise. Well, well, how could they leave if they were super glued to the counter? Leave. I don't uh, understand yeah, this. I, I don't understand this. That's not that's not much of a, a a product endorsement for super glue. And and what is and how does the rising cost of plant based soy milk how does that harm animals? The outrage. How how does plant how does an increased price? I, I think you're just an out of work broke old actor man who's looking for some attention. Right. And, and can't afford the five cent upcharge for the plant based milk. That's that's what I think is going on here. I don't think he super glued himself to anything. He he's not even a good enough actor to convince anybody that he super glued himself. He can't even he can't even do a fake super glue. What would you super glue yourself over? Hey, I'd happily super glue myself. Ooh, I'm going to ponder that for next hour. I'd happily super glue myself to hmm. Is there a set of sweet wheels I might super glue myself to that I could keep? DeLorean. A DeLorean? They don't even make those anymore, man. Oh, they still sell them, though. Oh, they do? All right. We got another hour coming up. Don't go away.